Welcome to episode 7 of the Tough Draw Talks podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hughes. We have returned and set up shop at our normal office location down in the Fort Worth Stockyards and have a special show planned for today. I appreciate you being along for the ride. Coming off an amazing 2020 NFR, our entire team has a lot of thoughts and emotions about the first NFR in the state of Texas since 1961 and 2020 overall. Today, I've got James Trawick and Sam Singal here with me from the Tough Draw team. Boys, how's it going? Mighty fine, sir. Mighty fine. Going well. Going very well. Let's yeah. talk about your beard. My beard. <laughs> My co- It's getting a little unruly. I've shaved it th- twice during, co- during the whole pandemic thing, but you know, I think I'm embracing it. Everyone keeps telling me to embrace it. You're so dang near just about can do pigtails off the bottom of that thing. Sam has a beard. Why aren't we talking about Sam's beard? Sam's is pretty well kept. Have you tried braiding it yet? No. All right. Let's let's get back on topic here. Let's talk about the 2020 NFR. Let's talk about it. All right. J- James, you didn't you were all around and all which which places and where not and <laughs> just <laughs> hey, you know, we're just Oh, you're rolling with that? Yeah, okay, why not? Right. No, but uh but you got to make it by the booth once or twice, right? I did. I did. So, if you know, for those of y'all who haven't listened to the previous episodes, we did. Uh, we recorded the podcast live from the Lane Frost booth at the convention center. Yeah, I'm gonna pause right there. Thank you very much, Stetson, for allowing us to have that space. It it got this thing kickstarted, and it's something that Brad's been talking about for years and he pushed me off a ledge he did. i want to call him out right now he gave me the whole i'm not trying to put any pressure on you but you know but here's I mean, the you spot. can't yeah you can't not take it right i'm glad you did man congrats on a uh, job well done starting you and sam sam i've been working on this thank you every episode is uh has gotten better than the last and and the guests that have come on have told some really cool stories that I think the fans are really going to enjoy um, as the fans, as the audience of this podcast grows. So, bravo. Man, Heck of a start. Thank man. you very much. I I enjoyed hearing them. Sam, I know you're not, you're, you're kind of new to the whole Western culture thing. What did you think about those stories, number one, but then, and what was memorable or stood out, but then also, what did you think about being in the convention center, seeing all the cowboys? <laughs> I mean, it was it was a it was a very cool experience. I, I coming from I guess being on a lockdown for six seven months, and then mm-hmm. seeing people come together for something that cool was very unique. Um, I mean, like you said, that was my first NFR, first rodeo, bull riding, anything. So it was great. Got my first pair of boots, uh, thanks to Brad. <laughs> oh yeah, um, I didn't buy them. I just well, you didn't buy them. Yeah, he's buying them. But <laughs> clarify, show, show me the show me the road. <laughs> But uh, he's well on his way to being a good old super puncher right here. So. <laughs> Heck yeah, we gotta get a, we gotta get James to uh, go teach me the ways of buying a cowboy hat. I'll get you fixed up. Put uh, him on a budget. Later. Put him, put him, put on, him a on a budget. Yeah. Man, I've heard <laughs> hats these days get a little high. I've heard a lot of uh, stories about um, having to make sure I get James a budget taste. before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my wife got me this hat. Oh yeah, yeah. looks pretty good. Looks good. I yeah. wanted this hat for years the color the shade everything and yeah. and uh, she got it for me for, was it like a birthday it, present i think it was a birthday present yeah it was either birthday or christmas i think okay. it was christmas it was christmas, christmas. i'm yeah. for sure yeah. it was christmas now yeah no the nfr was great it was great uh the only thing i didn't miss out on was going to actually see the the rodeo the bull rides the calf roping the all the good stuff but yeah. J- james you made it to perf six right you I went did. on we tuesday went, that's right tuesday okay. night 
What yeah. I mean, what was your thoughts taking all that in? Well, my wife and I went, and it was uh, it was something to see. Globe Life. I hadn't been to Globe Life yet. I've been to Jerry World, never been inside the new baseball stadium, and to see it for the first time and experience it as a rodeo was pretty cool. And I think the thing that stood out to me the most or that impacted me the most was the opening ceremonies. Bob Tallman coming in uh, for this, you know, for this NFR was special. But the way that he handled the invocation and the national anthem and the way that the crowd, the audience, spectators and contestants handled it as well was the way it should be handled. And it was really special to me. And how about the production of just, you know, one night bringing in first responders all over the arena? Um, I think it was the first night when they brought all the Texas champions down on the dirt. Um, There was one night they honored the uh, Texas Rangers, which was really cool. Um, But, yeah, I mean, here's the deal. The thing about the rodeo community is that they – there's a lot of events where you compete as a solo competitor, but at the end of the day, everybody's rooting for everybody, and uh, and that's what's special about it. There, the bull riders, for example, you you see um, these guys competing for the same title, and at the same time, as soon as they're done riding, for the most part, not every night. Sometimes you got you have bad nights and you can't go do it, but they get on the back of the chutes and they holler for the guy and they cheer for the guy that's might knock them off winning a lot of money or they're standing the ropes, for the spot yeah, them, exactly everything exactly yeah that's special to me you don't see that in a lot of other sports um and and it's just uh it was it's what makes this community unique i just i couldn't help but think as i was watching it that the what's considered the major sports they can't even you know their their introductions and their opening to events are so polarizing in a lot of element in a right. lot of instances right now and then you have something like this where it's it brings people together and it's so impactful and mm-hmm. it you know that whole the whole elements of patriotism and faith all kind of combined into one and then it just carries through throughout the night i know there were examples and you could probably point to some of these of you know cowboys Cowboys just doing the right thing. Cowgirls doing the right thing. Jackie. She was winning the uh, – Jackie Crawford. She was winning – she was sitting first in the average of the women's breakaway uh, division, discipline, whatever you want to call it. And she had an illegal catch. She she roped the calf, and her, her loop came back around and got a back – I think it was a back left leg. But regardless, she took her calf to the stripper shoot knew good and well that she had an illegal catch and instead of interrupting the next person and messing up their flow of the moment she waited and then she came out and she talked to the judge and she told him said hey i had an illegal catch told on herself in what world does that happen that is some serious integrity oh and by the way she was six months pregnant out there roping how cool is that (laughs) (laughs) i didn't know that she was no that's that's really cool and you see you know 2020 and covid impact all the way across the board and it impacted you know caleb schmidt and right. uh, donna k now that's particularly something. you know but talk about how graceful those people were and you know and just how you know i know for example Corey solomon like he really took advantage of the opportunity and saw it 
so much as a blessing. But again, yeah. it was that rallying of community. I felt like, well, it's it's not fair. You know, the situation where uh, Caleb Schmidt and and Donna K. Rule weren't able to com- compete because of COVID. They tested positive for COVID once they arrived, and that was just part of the protocol. And look, at the end of the day, the PRCA is doing the best they can. They have, uh, you know, they have guidelines, protocols they have to adhere to, and they're doing the absolute best that they can. And I think that the way they responded to those circumstances shows their respect for how uh, the the PRCA handled the whole situation, but it's it's terrible. You compete all year long for a spot, even in a, in a, in a year like this where it was so much Such more difficult, difficult yeah. to compete, and then you get here after you earned your seat at the table, and it's taken away from you because of a positive test on from COVID nineteen, and it's just it's devastating. But like you said, Corey Solomon he was the alternate in the calf ripping and he was able to come in and, and do amazing things. He took nothing for granted. He was on fire every round and he made the most of it. And he gave all the glory to God and, and just said that, you know, this was what was supposed to happen. You were telling me the other day about yeah, his uh, post. Yeah. Trying so, to make plans or something. Yeah. Like that. He kept, you know, he was sitting 16th and he's a competitor and, you know, I'm sure it ate him up that he finished right outside. He he got a late start, I think due to injury, um, but came in and just hustled and he got to 16th, which had to be like such a deflating letdown when the when the season right ends and there. the dust settles, you know. But he said that, you know, again, I think it was an Instagram post, but said that he had been working hard to try to find – things to fill his schedule for those 10 days and everywhere he tried to schedule it got blocked some way somehow every door like god just closed doors constantly and ultimately had a had a higher plan for him isn't that crazy and he shows up like you said he did and every time he did a run even if he wasn't in the lead he still pounded his chest and gave the and pointed up and gave the glory to god which was so cool yeah even you know in the round he did win he he talked a little bit about that, but, you know, I mean, for the Cowboys, Cowgirls, the associations, and just how hard they worked in 2020 to to persevere this and give these Cowboys, Cowgirls, shot, clan, uh, bullfighters, man in the cans, like all these people, an opportunity. It's, Speaking of bullfighters, you just made me, you just reminded uh-oh. me of uh, Sam's question about the Matador. <laughs> oh, geez. Sam? Sam, what? What's going on? Talk a little bit about that. <laughs> your, your. Uh, Who was thought it? Bryce was? Yeah, you waving a cape. Well, no, my my. Well, in my defense, Brad, <laughs> we don't put through uh, my. Uh, since I'm new to everything over here, uh, no, I just Googled uh, bullfighter. bullfighter. Just I just typed it on Google. Of course, that's what comes. The, up. Spain, the first thing that comes the Spanish up is bullfighters. Spanish bullfighter with uh, uh, red cape and you know the this in the middle of a stadium arena, but I mean compared to what that and this is they have a way riskier job and i mean they're putting their life on the line for isn't that crazy just for someone else to go home so a podcast that i want to do in the coming months is i want to interview the wives of those guys fighters could you imagine i mean it's one thing to be married to a bull rider and the the risk of you know them coming home mangled or not coming home at all but then to be married to somebody that 
is the protector of that guy. Yeah, one of that's th- got to be an interesting individual. I yeah, wanna, I want to well, talk to him about it. One of the things that was amazing to hear Bryce talk about is, you know, as a bull rider, and we talked about this, but as a bull rider, you have a job. You're very focused. You have one out. You got to focus on usually, and but with a bullfighter, it doesn't matter. You're you got to be ready the entire perf, the entire right. time. You don't get to take a second no, off. No, no. So anyway, speaking of Bryce, while the while the rodeo was going on, there was an event out in Granbury, uh, Red Laces Cattle Co. put on, and uh, Bryce was out there fighting bulls, and he took a hooking for Aaron Pass, which was another guest that came <laughs> on the podcast, but. Yeah, Bryce. Bryce is the bull. The bull team events that have been popping up during 2020, uh, you know, have given those guys like the Aaron Passes and the Bryce Ritos and people like that an opportunity that's really unique. And it's funny because we we talked about we talked about this with Aaron, but we've also talked to a lot of stock contractors that we know as well. And I feel like that's been one of the unique things that has kind of come from this year is that there's been a little bit more of a premium put on these open type events right. to help generate, yeah, you know, generate, uh, just generate opportunity for the community and for the sport as a whole. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, Cody Webster and Dusty Tuckness and Nate, they did such a good job. I felt like yeah. at the NFR this year. Yes, they did. Was, uh, Cody got his face bust open. Yeah. He had to go get, dental work done i can't remember exactly what the details were but he was back the next night he finished that night he well, finished that night with a busted lip so he was that, bleeding exactly so you know they're stepping up like that but then you know in the bull riding you talk about a guy like tyler bingham yeah that had a rough out there on um spotted demon yeah spotted demon and man that was just that you was know it's a scary situation obviously right. and uh you know when that happens you pray for the best, and, right. you know, the whole community comes together, and there's hushed silence, and everybody across every discipline is, you know, is keeping that guy in prayer. But then to see him, uh, once that happened, I think it was only two nights later, it was in round nine when Lindsay and I were fortunate to get to go, where they acknowledged the fact that he had been in ICU. He broke, about what, 40, five ribs? ribs sternum bruised heart like all sorts of things concussion everything did he have a icu yeah so icu you know and then 48 hours later he was there with his wife oh and we got to acknowledge him yeah we got to acknowledge him and and cheer on the guys that were competing against him exactly yeah exactly it's just you know the community is just the tight knitness of the community, if that's a word, I'm going <laughs> to call now. it a word. I'm going to call it a word. But, you know, just the closeness, the right boys, yeah. that whole right. that whole story throughout the entire finals as people followed along with Ryder as he was, you know, trying to catch back up. And, um, and Stetson, you know, coming in where he did and just kind of lighting the world on fire. I'd love to talk to some more, you know, podcasts as we do these later on in uh, the few first few months of 2021. But what did it feel like? I'm just so curious. What did it feel like to compete in this arena as opposed to Thomas and Mac, which is such a more intimate space, especially to the, some of the timed event guys. Yeah. You know, talk the, a little bit. So you, you roped, yeah. You roped, uh, team I still rope. Try to yeah, you still, to you still throw a rope every <laughs> once in a while. 
What what were your thoughts as you would watch the team roping and these guys would turn the shoots? How fast? You know, I know you've talked to me about some of the unique uniqueness well, of the uh, yeah. This year the score was a little longer than it is at the Thomas and Mac, and so usually the runs are three and a half seconds four seconds is kind of long honestly thomas and mac and that's crazy to think that that's how far the sports progressed and how good these guys have become but but that's the case and so the score is a little longer here you had to see that steer out um score you just basically means you got to give them a head start and the head start in this case was a little longer than normal and because of the shape of the arena the way that the bucking shoots angled off from where the open shoots were you if you reached and the steer went left he ran out of real estate real quick and it got a couple guys in a bind because to get a qualified time you have to have both ropes tight headers got a face and the healer's rope headers rope has to be tight for the flagger to drop his flag which ends the time and there were a, a few runs that could have been really fast but it cost them half a second or, or more in some cases because they got up on the shoots too quick and a lot of that has to do with the draw a lot of that has to do with how much you know rope you want to throw out there and um but i mean these guys are laying it all on the line and taking every risk to win every round they had to in a lot of cases um colby lovell and paul eaves ended up uh taking home the title because they won the last three rounds in a row first after first after first in all three rounds and it was because of how aggressive they came after it you know and years past a lot of guys go after the average because they're such a big check to win yeah but anyway the ground there was money, a lot of things ground that money made up for it didn't it exactly yeah there's a lot of things that happened that were really interesting and something that uh you know i was thinking about earlier and i think we talked about this before but i really would have loved caleb driggers he didn't make it this year but i would really would have loved to see him in the setup because he's known for being able to connect at such distance so consistently and put a great handle on the steer it would have been really interesting i would have loved to have seen him attempt that and avoid those shoots you know what would he have come up with i don't know we'll never know but all of those guys that were there deserved it it was an incredible show and that you know they're living my dream pretty much <laughs> what was the most unique and just amazing run you saw i think you had told me it was in the calf roping that's right ryan jarrett oh my gosh this guy gets out late kicking his horse trying to get up close enough for a shot and in the process does a little cross whip with his rope and when he does the calf kind of changes directions on him so he reverses his swing he hula <laughs> he reverses his swing and ropes this calf at the NFR, in front of all these people with all this pressure and all these lights on him. Like and tied him about eight. It's just like <laughs> another day in the pasture open. I mean, if I got a cow out next week, that's who I'm calling. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's amazing. So, so what about you? I mean, what was you're a big fan of the sport, and I know you love bull riding. That's kind of Man, the bull riding this year, you know, you alluded to Sage and different things like that, and how this year was just unique. It was yeah. different. Um, you know, Sage didn't get to to get his seventh in a row, but I mean, he that guy's work ethic is second to none. He had to deal with a lot. He had some injuries and stuff, so I I ain't I'm not too worried about Sage Kimsey 
especially after him calling a shot in the tenth round and riding one for Tyler that gives you and winning the round. So that gives you know, me goosebumps for right tying for the win in the round. That's, but it was just man, the bull riding, bull riding was intense. It was at Colton Fritzlin, a rookie. Those young guys, man, they just stepped up. The, what about Kai Hamilton? Those long Kai. And, I mean, you know, Kai. He's just he's a hand. He's a hand. I felt like he he had some tough draws actually. The bull of the event that they announced was Pookie Holler. Sam, how's that for a name? Pookie Holler. Is that better than uh, that one time we named a fly and we <laughs> named him Mike? Mike yeah, Pence? Is better than, yep. <laughs> no, but no, uh, the bull from Universal Pro Rodeo bucked off Kai and Sage. Yeah. So you do that in one finals, you're going to yeah. win bull, bull of the event. But, you know, I think Kai had some really tough draws. I also think Sage had some as well. So, yeah, but, you know, just to see these younger guys and, you know, Ty Wallace, everybody on the podcast talked about Ty Wallace and how he's not a rookie, but it's his first NFR and everybody, you know, everybody forewarned, like, you better watch out. Ty Wallace gets going. He's, he's a hand. And, you know, it's just, I was just happy to see things get so tight, so competitive. I know Casey Field squeaking it out on the last ride. Yep. Um, I love it when it comes down to the wire. Right or right, chasing down the saddle bronc. I mean, you know, you just can't you can't beat it. The the level of competition, and you know, Shad Shad didn't have the finals he wanted at all. God. But you know what? He hung on, and that's you know, that's right. That's what it's about. I mean, he he built his lead so big throughout the year that, that it didn't end up mattering after exactly, all. Exactly, exactly. And you know, and that's he'll be back. Uh, but I, you know. Stetson's performance was second to none. Second to none. So I got a question for you. We make a bunch of money one Uh day. Here we go. And we're able to buy some bucking bulls. Yep. Sam, I want your answer as soon as Brad answers. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) What do you name our first bull? Chicken Fooey. Chicken Fooey. Chicken Fooey. Chicken Fooey. You know why? (laughs) Why? That's Landon's favorite word. I've, I've got this thought about what I would like to do. And, you know, my wife's probably going to kill me for giving this away because she thinks it's an amazing idea, too. But all the PG cuss words, basically, <laughs> like, you know, Connor you found it. dad gummit, you know, um, chicken fooey, um, son favorite? of a biscuit. Yeah. You know, like you come up with names like that. But Landon, my little four year old, he like oh, he's about to be four. I keep calling him four. Um, but now he when he gets frustrated, he says, Oh, chicken fooey. And so I think our first one, I mean, I know we've always wanted to name a first one a Toman or something like that. Right. I just think coming up with a theme would be really funny. What about you, Sam? If you're (laughs) able to name one of these bulls, what would you name it? Man, does it have to be two names? All right, well, listen, listen, let me get some context. So every time this bull bucks out, Uh the announcer says the name of the bull. Right. So and so's chicken food. No, chicken food. Tough draw, pro rodeo. Man, I don't. Okay. <laughs> just just think about how much fun you could have when that over and over again. Now give us your answer. Oh, man, I, I mean, I don't want to steal Brad's thunder here, but that that idea of the PG customer just that's pretty good. Top tier. It's amazing. Top tier. I was gonna say something stupid like Thor or something, but no. Oh, I mean, like hey, that's I that's mean, Thor's hammer. Thor's hammer. <laughs> Thor's hammer. I was thinking like you know chocolate frog legs or chocolate, something like that. Chocolate frog legs. Okay. Man, he's still living down by the coast. Yeah. Anyway, swamp people. That's my people. But 
to think so we got to see the animal athletes on display period yeah. that's what that was. bulls bucking horses of the year just to give a shout out was killer b of butler and sons and the canadian bucking horse get smart both awarded top rocks of the event along with pookie holler uh but when you think of animal power that was there you know you roped when i say Haley kinzel and sister where does your mind go because you know how critical your horse horse is well she and any interview you've ever seen of Haley, she's acknowledged the fact that sisters is the reason the one of the biggest reasons why she is where she is there was actually a stat that uh steve Kenyon said during the broadcast or maybe it was jeff i'm pretty sure it was steve but the uh sister and I'll have to, Sammy. I don't know if you're you pull this up, but sister's supposedly a full brother to the horse that Charmaine James won so many records on, or broke so many records with, and won titles in the barrel race and the NFR. And she, you know, she was a huge name, um, and she won so many titles. And and I think I'm right on that. I'm not 100 percent sure why I have to fact check that. I'm sure somebody will fact check that and let us know real quick. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that horse is special. Sister's special, and you know she she uh, I think it was round four or five. She decided to give sister a night off, and she didn't win that night. And she dang near say, won every other night though. <laughs> not to say that that the horse she rode that night couldn't have done better in a different pattern or a different circumstance, different ground. All those things matter, but sister's just special. Yeah. And so is every all of the horses at that level. You see so many, like, horse of the year, AQHA horse of the year out in, like, Caleb Schmidt didn't get to compete, but I, I read that uh, his horse was a AQHA horse of the year. But all of those horses at that level have to be special. They have to be special. Or you, you're just another talented guy with a rope or another talented person that can... So, run barrels so i'm gonna put you on the spot okay and i don't know if you're gonna i don't know if you'll know a lot about this dynamic but what is it about steer wrestlers sharing horses did you hear about that yeah like i think it was stetson jurgensen hey i've done somebody that kept switching horses and, back in the day but the thing is is when your horses are like humans and they have ups and downs and they have hot streaks and cold streaks and i think you make those decisions in those moments when when a horse is on when a horse is standing calm in a box and when a horse is cutting you know leaving flat-footed and and running straight to uh, your pocket where where you need them to be to do your job and i think you make that call in the moment um because it can help you out what's really cool about that is those horses that are being swapped and borrowed and um, exchanged are coming from competitors yeah. There's guys that are competing to win a world title in that discipline and letting the guy that could potentially beat them at clinching that title well, ride their horse. Yeah, so that's what I'm that's talking about. That's what's crazy. What, that's what I'm talking about in steer wrestling. Yeah. Uh, Who was I, it? I can't remember. It was Stetson, Stetson Jurgensen and somebody else. Yeah. And they, they literally used the same horse in that round, and one of them won. Yeah. And it's like, you know... It was a younger guy, right? But you know, they they talked about how with steer wrestling, it's so yeah. unique that now there's mount money, right? I mean, there's an incentive yeah. for mount money, but that's peanuts in comparison to what a title means to a person. Yeah. So that going back to the opening ceremony, going back to the community as a whole, 
that is the perfect on the ground example of how these athletes put their brothers and sisters they're competing against ahead of themselves nine times out of ten. Yeah. No, and that's I mean, that gives you that gives you chills about right. just the way that the community works together and twenty twenty, speaking of working together. <laughs> I think that this year has been obviously a trying time for everyone but it's that community and you know i alluded earlier to the association stepping up and that includes sean gleason of the pbr um you know them figuring out a way to start this thing up and get back to the lazy e in guthrie they were the last ones to shut down and they were the first ones to open back, back up, up of any major sport mm-hmm. and to that that's off to that tip of cap big time mm-hmm. that's that's huge yeah so you know when the when the prca gets back into things and they kick things off and you know there's just so much going i mean just the effort the overswell of of effort from the community to ensure that these cowboys and cowgirls had an opportunity yeah it was awe-inspiring it was yeah, I'm super grateful that they that they rolled up their sleeves and they just were determined to figure out a way to make it happen. And uh, and so all the way down to the smallest committees that put on backyard small PRCA events in little towns that we've never heard of, those all mattered this year. And they, they matter every year, but they mattered a lot this year. And, you know, again, hats off to to those people and i mean a lot of the states that were able to pull these things off were you know a lot of them the were smaller, smaller rodeos more rural areas exactly yeah. exactly yeah. so god bless god bless country folk <laughs> i'm into that hey so i want to ask you brad we we set out when we we uh we started this company and we we wanted to create stories and films and and it's it's interesting on this podcast in listening to it not being a host and you know just being able to remove myself from it i've learned a lot about why each of these people whether it's a bullfighter a competitor you know whoever it may be what their why is i want to ask you why start this podcast why work endless hours to build a western culture brand what is it about this world why do you want to do it Huh. You really are putting me on the spot, huh? Lights are on, cameras are rolling, people <laughs> well, are listening. You know, first and foremost, thank you for the compliments. I mean, you and Sam have worked tirelessly behind the scenes to help this thing get where it is and the brand as a whole. I mean, there's right. you know the years and years that have been put in on that side. But you know, to me it started sitting in a film class at UT and um, you know, growing up in West Texas, one of my favorite shows being Friday Night Lights, it just started with a simple thought to me of, you know, Western culture deserves its Friday Night Lights. It deserves its brand. It deserves its, you know, its entertainment outlet to cling to, to say, to give it the reputation it deserves. Um, and, you know, growing up in Western culture around it you know being from west texas my grandpa rodeoed my uncle rodeoed um you know my cousin uh, she barrel raced and roped and stuff like that it just uh, you know i never i never actually competed but i was always a fan i was the kid that was in my underwear 
staying up late and thinking it was a big deal watching the NFR with my cheap, cheap felt hat and, you know, riding the footstool with my mom, you know, sitting right there beside me watching Jerome Davis and Ty Murray and all the greats do it. And Dan Mortensen and just, I remember all those things so vividly and that, to me, Western culture and the mentality of um, this community is is how I've always tried to think of the way that I want to raise my kids. Um, and, you know, and just as importantly, growing up, it was the way that I wanted to live. And, you know, my grandpa, my grandpa is probably one of the biggest influences in my life. And he is a countryman through and through. And I feel like that has made a huge impact on me. So telling these stories and hearing these, uh, hearing these people that bring this culture to life through sport, through, um, like Sam's talking about, fighting bulls. And, you know, when you hear a bullfighter be willing to shoot the gap and talk about so, so like easily just, yep, I was going to take a hooking. I got to know. I knew the hooking was coming. He didn't care. I mean, it's just there's the mentality and the patriotism and the faith and being able to pray and it being so important. Uh, you know, it's just and it's such an accepting community. Like, it's, yeah, it's second to none. You know, and and hearing those stories from the mouths of the people that are living them, you know, so that people can understand their why to me is so important whether we're doing it through these podcasts or through short Short films films or or our film or the lane frost documentary right which you know so stories stories whether that be podcasts whether that be uh you know shorts or whatever it may be sam i want to hear your opinion on this too but in other other fields whether that be baseball basketball football you've got 30 for 30s you have all of these avenues for people to learn about the athletes off the field how much has that impacted your support of that particular sport or or uh, discipline and how much did that increase your fandom of that individual just to know where they come from tremendously um you know i mean i was the kid that would go to the library and check out the biographies about athletes and teams and that's I was a fan. You even did sports management in college, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was a double major. I didn't finish it, but... Right. You know, I mean, I didn't but finish that's... either, so, you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I finished film school, but, the you know, I did that because I knew that when I went to school, I didn't want to waste my other classes. I wanted to do something I love. Right. And I love sports. Sam, what about you? I mean, is that... Can you agree to that sentiment? Did have those stories impacted your fandom? I know you're a big sports fan too. Um, I think for sure. Yeah, I mean, growing up, I was, it, it was my dad was always super into table tennis, and I was into tennis. So like seeing you know the old greats like John McEnroe or Roger Federer, even like the new guys like Djokovic. Djokovic is not new anymore, but new guys like you see who they are on the field or on the court, and then you see who they are outside, and then you're like, man, I want to grow up and be like that guy. Right. Or, or I want to I model my play style or my the way that I swing the racket or something like that, which can be translated into any other sport. Right. You Some kids look at Peyton Manning and be like, yeah, that's the guy I want to throw like. Some kids look at Sage Kimsey and be like, that's who I want to ride like. 
know what I mean? It, I think it goes everywhere. So what's transcendent and what I've learned about the sport of rodeo along this journey, because I have met athletes from other professions as well, but one of the biggest things you can say is when you meet a rodeo cowboy outside the dirt, you're never disappointed. And you can't say that about any other sport. You just can't. I mean, you know, I was such a big Tough Edelman fan when I was a kid. And you and I have had the, you know, the blessing and the fortune of being able to get to know him. And, you know, the man won't leave a booth if an autograph is still to be signed. Like, and that's how everyone in this community is. Like, you know, I call guys for us to shoot short films with, and I'm calling them as a fan because I don't know them. Right. But luckily, you know, I have some references if they need it (laughs) kind of thing. But, but that's, but every one of them, every time treats you with the utmost respect. That's right. And to me, that's, that's unreal. That's why if there's any lasting impact I can make outside of being a father, a husband, et cetera, it's a good friend, et cetera, et cetera. It's, I want to leave an impact on this culture and this sport. That's right. Yeah, that's that gets me excited too. Thinking about what the Cowboy Channel's doing, moving in the right direction. You know, there's there's um, a lot of work ahead of them to perfect their machine. It's a big machine, but as a as a as a piece of that puzzle in this industry, I, I'm really really excited about continuing to tell stories, continuing to uh, shine a light on all the different people and things that happen in this world. And that's really why I got so excited that Stetson kicked your butt off the ledge and said, <laughs> let's do this thing. Oh, and, Stetson. I, you know, I'm just I'm thankful that you decided to start it, and I'm excited about where it goes, and I hope people continue to listen. And uh, so anyway, again, hats off to both of you guys for being able to knock out those first six on a mad dash at the NFR. <laughs> And well, do such a you. good job with them. Thank you, man. Thank you. And we, we were so grateful for all of our guests. I mean, they made it. They made it super easy for me. So everybody but Cody Rostocki. Oh yeah, whatever. He gives me <laughs> our time all the time. He never given you anything. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> sure hadn't. Right. But no, I mean, with you know, thank you, obviously, for the kind words. I'm a little, little speechless, but. But, I've uh, never said anything that nice no, to Brad before. He hasn't. This is a and I had to get it Sam's, captured. <laughs> Sam's even over yeah, here. I'm glad I'm here to witness this. Yeah, this I mean, it's yeah. But no, I mean, as a company, though, like some of the things you're touching on and some of the things and the reasons why I want to do this podcast and I want to continue to do the things that we're going to do as a team, the three of us and, you know, and our team will grow, obviously. And Kristen being a big part of this and the guys out of order, I, you know, I hope that with every film we put out, every message that we convey Mm -hmm. i hope it only goes to continue to praise this culture this industry the sport and you know and i really think that if if 2020 has shown you anything and you know the more you've gotten into this to this the dirt itself it's all ships rise like everybody in this community working together it doesn't matter if you're a pbr fan if you're a prca fan if you're a fan of just backyard bull riding you know or just jackpot ropings like you know everybody has to work together yeah and we're all in this together and there's there are amazing stories to be told that are positive lights that are not getting 
mm-hmm. what they deserve. Yeah. So if you're out there listening and there's a there's a story that you know of that needs to be told, send us an email. Contact at toughdraw.com. We want to know about it. We want to come visit and uh, and shine a light on that story. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't have to be an athlete or bull riding. It can just be something that's going on that the world needs to know about. We want to hear about it. Definitely. Well, again, I'm a little speechless. <laughs> thanks. Um, you know, thanks for putting me on the spot. Um, well, I can I can touch on a little bit about let's hear it. Sam. The, the, community, <laughs> the community aspect of it, I guess. Uh, I mean, I guess quote unquote being an an outsider. But now I'm getting into it. But like being an outsider or city boy, if you will. Sure. Learning. Sure. sure. Learning the <laughs> learning the way. Right. Seeing. I mean, I've played sports. I worked at ESPN for three years. I know what the ins and outs of having like a team and a sport, NFL, soccer, whatever. Having seen all that, and then coming into the this community and seeing, like you said, guys that will come cheer on their competitors, or guys that will come after taking a beating from the hospital, come on the next day and be like, "All right, I'm cheering for that guy who might take my spot." Like that's something really unique and cool to see. And like I, I think, as for someone who's like me, who's coming into this space or who's now learning about this, and which I think the NFR is a great avenue for that. I think it's going to be a good spot for people to be, especially in Texas. It's going to be a good spot for people to like get into it. I think for me, some someone coming into that, it's a great, I guess, first impression to see like true sportsmanship, true like it doesn't have to be like oh I'm a cowboy you're a cowboy it's I'm a human being you're near a human being. And if you get hurt, I'm going to come in there and help you kind of thing. So it's just really cool to see that aspect of and everyone's really nice too. Like, I mean, everyone I've met at the, at the, on the floor of the NFR, I mean, you guys, uh, every time we got to film a rodeo out in the middle of nowhere, whatever, everyone's really nice. And uh, there's not like a, there's like, it's not like a closed, this is us and no one else can look at us. It's like a very inclusive, it's not an exclusive club. Exactly. exactly. Very inclusive club. But (laughs) I think, I think that says a lot when if you think about it there's a lot of other sports out there that that are like oh you're not cool enough to play this or nah man you're not you're not you're not cut out for this here it's like oh sure come on in come come have fun go go buy a rodeo ticket go see barrel racing go see that like good well, luck being tough enough to compete yeah. <laughs> well to riff on that a little bit the uh, the typically we you've you've gone to rough stock events with us particularly bull riding and a lot of the not a lot i don't know what the percentage would be but if there's a gateway to get into the to the world as an athlete there's so there's aaron pass for example he grew up in dallas if i'm if i don't yeah, i may be wrong else, there but yeah. there's quite a few guys that never ridden a horse never worked on a ranch don't know the first thing about any of that stuff and or as you found out some bull riders can't ride horses in the early that's podcasts. right that's right <laughs> and that's just that's that's uh that's cool to me that that they can have a place at the table I'll never forget one of my first times for us to go shoot bull riding. We we showed up at a little place in Godly. Kid gets out of gets out of a car with skater shoes on and a flat bill cap. Osiris skater shoes. Yes. That's right. And hung his jeans on the fence <laughs> and went and just put it on one. <laughs> so it, you know, it's it knows no boundaries, and I don't know. Like I said, I just the way that I've been accepted, not even being a competitor, and the way that you know Sam felt 
the love just in such a short time. And, you know, and Stetson, Stetson's never competed. Right. Um, you know, he's got the lineage for sure. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, it's a culture that embraces. And um, I think it, you know, going into 2021, I think just holding true to that um, is an inspiration. And I think it should light the path for, for everyone moving forward that this was, you know, I think the NFR was a great way to kind of put a cap on 2020. And I, you know, I don't really know how else to say it other than that. But yeah, go ahead. (laughs) I don't have anything else to say. No, no, go ahead. I think we've about aired it all out. I was just going to say that this has been fun, that I hope you guys are uh, able to have guest after guest after guest in January. I hope that everyone that's listening, if you want to come be on this podcast, give us a shout. Um, we'd love to we'd love to work you into the schedule and get you on. I want to hear everybody's story and just want to encourage you guys to to stay after it. It's not going to okay. be easy. Scheduling is going to be hard and and uh, COVID's going to get in the way, but just like everything that we've talked about on this podcast, you know. Yeah. Um, I just want to encourage you guys to to stay after it. I'll be doing everything I can behind the scenes. We will stay in prayer and we will overcome. Sam, you got anything else that you want to toss out there for the audience to cap off 2020? Uh, no, I think you guys covered it pretty much. I mean, like you said, it's been a rough year, but I guess you, I, I, don't, I don't want to say you can only go up from here, but, you know, keep your head down. Uh, put your faith in the big man upstairs. Everything should be all right. I mean, I'm super excited, though. I'm, I, I think for a lot of people, 2021 will be a year of bouncing back from from what 2020 was so yeah i'm excited for that but yeah bold prediction for 2021 in the rodeo world i want to hear it bold prediction in which event does it matter you you big bold prediction oh bold prediction Sage is going to come back. That's not bold. And I didn't finish what the prediction was. It doesn't matter. Picking Sage so, to win is not bold. Yeah, that's not. It's pretty watered down. It? That's taking the softball. Sage, okay. you're going to have a great 2021, I feel like. <laughs> oh, bold prediction for 2021. I think that the, the COVID's going to go away. It's going to burn off at some point here. And uh, we're going to get to see another awesome race for a world title. And I think it's going to come down to Tough and Stetson. And Tough is going to have a better NFR than he's ever had. He struggled this year. Okay. He struggled in years past. Talking about in the all-around race. In the all-around race. And Stetson better watch out. That's that's my bold prediction. Man. I think... think uh, Tough's going to come in with the heat this year. I just got a feeling. Bullets flying from the timey side. All hey. right. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, you don't necessarily have to pick something in the dirt, but what's a bold prediction for 2021 as far as maybe on the production side for things? Man, I don't know. I just hope everything comes back to as normal as possible. You um, think we'll be able to keep a bi-weekly pace on this? Or what's that? That's right. how it would be by bi-weekly mm. every two weeks is that my call every two weeks well, that's on you guys that's on you you're the producer oh no if you guys bring the guests <laughs> in i'm here all day i'm here all day we can i think i think for sure we can, we can keep that up yeah so but. my bold prediction 
is that is Chase would Chase Outlaw coming back from injury and winning the world title in PBR be bold enough for you? What about JB Mooney saying he's going to make it to the NFR and the PBR? Oh, I don't. I if he stays healthy, he will. There's, if I mean that's not we have a. Believer. I'm not going to count that as my bold prediction because I think if he stays healthy, there's no doubt he will. Um, I'm going to say that Chase Outlaw comes comes back from all his injuries and wins the world in PBR. I I mean you know Outlaw Nation would be pumped. You know, I think Jose and Jess will continue to fight and battle it out, but I just, I don't know. I got, got a good a feeling. feeling for the outlaw. You heard nation. it here first. I, I mean, who <laughs> you knows? Heard it here first. Who knows? Um, is that, that y'all got anything else or y'all all good? Wrap it up, man. All right. So as y'all kind of heard us allude to, this will be our final episode for 2020. But moving forward, we're planning to produce one podcast every other week for y'all, and we'll be updating that information on our social media pages. So be sure and follow along with us at Tough Draw and at Tough Draw Talks on Instagram and Facebook for more episodes of our podcast as we continue to bring y'all closer to the rodeo community and give you that all-access pass to the dirt. From the team at Tough Draw, we want to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas and a safe and Happy New Year. Until next time, everyone. Enjoy the ride.